Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Guys, I'm Sai. Welcome back to Ace Podcast Nation. Here for another episode of my story with our Eat Sleep Media again. Thank you to them, guys, as always, for uh, the facilities, the equipment, and whatnot. The producers, of course, as well. Appreciate them massively. So do check out their work, their documentary on John Toshacker, among other things. And uh, Welsh football fans, of course, as well, as the World Cup comes in. But uh, on with it. Oh, again. A massive thank you to Violent Money as well, of course, for sponsoring the, the channel, the series. Check out violentmoney.co.uk. Use the code H20. Get yourself 20% off. Uh, they've got a range of training apparel if you're a fighter, plus their casual clothes, boxer shorts, T-shirts, all the, you know, all the usual stuff, hoodies. And, of course, they've got their uh, collaboration with um, with Weekend Defender. I was going to point to my T-shirt then, but I haven't got it on today. It's got a Weekend Defender T-shirt on. But, uh, yeah, you can get their collaboration with them guys as well. So uh, please do check them out, support the channel, support the sponsors, as it were. But uh, delighted to welcome another another new guest. I always always enjoy speaking to to new people, and uh, well happy to have uh, the young man himself. Should we say he's still young, mate? You reckon? Uh, on a good day, yeah. On a good day, on a good day, day yeah. Um, musician, rapper, Raz Kid is here. Welcome, Hello. my friend. Hello, guys. Hello. Looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, man. To have a good old chat. So, like with these, mates. We um we kind of delve into you a lot yeah um life whatever where you go how you got to where you are today mm-hmm. the build up the the highs the lows as it were but yeah, um right. what I like to do is we will go off on various tangents throughout I hope like so. I hope but so. um what we do to get us rolling I guess is we'll go right back to the start like tell us a bit about what you were like like where you grew up family life you know whatever like. What was you like as a teenager? That'd be a good story, yeah. Mm. Um, so into so I'm a Cardiff boy, born and raised. Ironically, wearing black and blue today. 
It's not coincidental, coincidental. Yeah, at least it's not white and blue, mate. I know, wouldn't it? Problematic I know, that would have been a problem. Yeah, that would have been a problem. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Cardiff boy, born and raised. Um, I've been all over the place, to be honest. I was born in Ely, um, and then I moved to Whitchurch, then Landaff, spent a bit of Caerphilly, but I miss Cardiff too much, so I came back. Bit of Adams Down, bit of Gatays, bit of Riverside. Yeah, I've been all yeah, over the place. Mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking them all off the list. Yeah, just working your way around Cardiff yeah. until you find the one where yeah. you want to settle. I'm it? doing the tour, man, I'm doing the tour. <laughs> but ah, there's worse places, though. Depends what you think, really. Depends what you think. See, I, I love Cardiff. I, I love Cardiff, man. I prefer um, I prefer the places like your Adams Down and your Riversides. Because yeah. I think oh, we lived in Gatays for like two years. And it was my least favourite place. Student, just basically, yeah, it's just That's full right, of students, yeah, man. And, you know, I loved Adams yeah. Down because I lived just off Clifton Street. Mm. And Clifton Street is just a world of its own. Basically. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you could you could walk down that street three times on the same day. And it's a completely different place <laughs> every time you walk down there. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I just I just prefer areas where I feel there's more like real people. Because when you get yeah. these areas full of students, it's just like there's no. Whereas people from other places, isn't it? It's like yeah, there, like, like temporarily. Yeah, or there's there's no there's then, there's no community in places like that. Yeah. Whereas find like places like I'm in Riverside at the moment, and you feel like if you actually have to, you can knock on your neighbour's door. And yeah. something, do you mean like we look after each other? Do you know what? It's funny, like, um, so my in laws they live up in Ely, yeah. and like, um, it, like Ely, for instance, Park Hardford just got like a historical sort of like reputation of it or whatever, of being rough or a high crime area or whatever you want to call it. But actually, like, all the neighbors know each other's name, they all speak to each other, and I think you actually don't end up. With any trouble whatsoever up there, like they no, like not at all. they you know, like my father in law's been up there all his life. Like he did, he just you know I'm sure when they, he was younger there was all sorts. But like just generally as a community thing, I think it's better than like you say like a student area. You've got a lot of people come in from you know X Y and Z. Yeah, they're only there for the year. Yeah, 100%. I feel like the final places is rough. You just kind of. Stereotype. Yeah, it? you're generalizing it too much. I I personally found if you're not involved in the politics and what's going on there, because obviously you know a, a place would be described as rough just because probably what's going on there, like maybe yeah. like the crime and stuff like that. But if you're not involved in that kind of stuff, then you can just walk down the street and not have a problem. It's only when you start getting involved in stuff that you start having issues with people. That's when. If you're in that world, don't it? Really? Yeah, if you're not in the world, then you can just people leave you alone. Yeah, do you know I mean because they got no reason to trouble you? It's like mm. I think if people haven't lived in those certain areas, they get the impression that you know if you walk down there a certain time of night, you're just gonna get mugged or something. Yeah, yeah. When it's like they're not like that's not gonna happen because those people don't have a reason to do that. But and it's also it's like um, it's like it's just not a reality, is it? Like pe people from the outside will judge. And people, you know, people do it in on all areas around the UK, whether it's Liverpool or in parts of London or whatever it may be. Like, you could just get generalised as being rough or being a high crime area or a place where you shouldn't go, you know, at certain times of the day or whatever. But actually, in reality, all those areas they've always got tight communities. You'll always, um, 
the neighbours will know each other. Like I've lived so. in places, I like I grew up for a large part of my childhood in Wadala, mm. and like which is nice, you know, nice area or whatever or it was. Um, but like your neighbours, like you barely knew each other. Like you wouldn't know. Like your neigh- the neighbours wouldn't speak to each other really. Yeah. There was no like community sort of spirit about it or whatever. Um, and like I think back now, like I knew. The only neighbours which I was on, we were like as a family would have been on names terms with us, mm. was the ones who had kids in my class or something like yeah. that. Yeah. If it weren't for that, yeah. like, you just they just ignored each other, and it's just just weird to me. Like, yeah. It is. But I don't know. As I've got older, like I've lived all over. We have really. Like we've been in, um, like Lanishan and whatever now for I don't know ten years or something. But like before that, we were up in St Mellons for a bit and. Yeah. Um, Morganstown for a bit and like we went up we were only in St Mellons for like about 18 months I reckon and like I remember I was in work and I said oh we're moving to St Mellons like and this girl who lived ironically lived up in the valleys yeah. so I had no fucking clue what she was on about like she'd obviously heard it from someone or other she was like oh you want to be careful up there don't want to move there or whatever and you know what I meant like that 18 months to a year was proper enjoyable like we had a yeah. really good time and it's funny right the night we moved or the day we moved in um my neighbor was like and his missus was outside their their house just having a can or whatever it was summer yeah. summer's evening so i thought i'd go out and introduce myself say hello with him and he said um he goes oh you know just chatting wherever he goes oh if you ever get broken out uh, if you ever get locked out of your house yeah um don't worry about it just give me a knock and then I'll get in, like you said, I used to break into houses. But, um, and I was like, well, you can't fault his honesty, mate. Yeah, well, no, that's it. Like, that's it, that's it. And like, to me, like, it sounds weird, right? But to me, I'd rather him say that than you end up speaking to someone else and then go, oh, you know, your neighbor used to break into houses and that. Like, yeah. he, he was straight up and just said, look, he used to do that. You, you find those people are the more genuine ones. There's no bullshit about them. And it's like you said that they're more neighborly yeah because they're, they're just more genuine they they, they it's a community thing isn't yeah it? because you know by default they probably worked for what they have yeah or they're still working for what they have so and you yeah you usually find you, you don't shit on your own doorstep do you know what i mean exactly that, mate. i remember um when i was a kid you said that when you said that it brought back a memory but i mean when um when i was like a kid uh, me my mum and my brother went down the bay just to do something in the daytime and she parked her car in the docks mm. um actually down the road from me it was down the yeah, road yeah. um she locked herself out the car she left her car keys in the blooming um car basically so we, we were locked out of the car so she literally went to the, one of the local pubs and um there's a couple just guys who uh, on the floor if you've seen them you think oh they're fucking rough as fuck i wouldn't approach yeah. them she goes up to him, she goes, oh, it's a bit of a random request, but I'm locked out of my car, can anyone help me? And the guy just finished the mm-hmm. cigarette, he's like, oh, I need a coat hanger. And he got us back in the car, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's what I mean, like, if you if she did that same request, I don't know, somewhere in, like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of like, what you consider a posh area, like, you're a biners or something, they'd yeah. be like, oh, get away from me, you crazy person. Yeah, like, they don't want to, they, they certainly wouldn't be like... They don't want to help, man. Yeah. They don't want to help, and that's why I like areas like 
these kind of places like everyone's willing to help each other do you know what i mean yeah what um what were you like as a like a teenager i was a little shit man yeah oh am i allowed, am I allowed to swear yeah you okay good yeah i was a i was a fucking little shit man i, I can't like because basically i'm a twin basically oh is it yeah so me and my brother when we were like kids we were like a team do you yeah. know what i mean so kids naturally they're like they're not like they like misbehaving but they're just like adventurous and curious yeah. so like mischievous yeah right? mischievous because like they haven't figured out what's right and what's wrong to a certain degree so testing the boundaries yeah exactly so me and my brother because we were always like side by side we would just do that together but then as soon as we got into high school basically our mum separated us okay. basically because she said i don't want you two to grow up to be those like little weird twins that well, the same see, person yeah, dressed, dressed the same yeah so she was like you two are gonna get in different classes you can have your own identity your own make your own and friends that. basically yeah so he got in with like i wouldn't say the good kids but like the kids that wanted to sit down and like listen in class yeah whereas like as soon as i got into my class or form as they were called it i straight away got involved with like the naughty boys do you know what i mean yeah and it was almost like because i was so used to me and him being naughty and being the shithouse little twins when he started behaving i was like oh well and i gotta pick up his fuckery to make up for it do you know so as i was, I was yeah man but in terms of school i wouldn't i i would i never got expelled or anything at the time i was just defined as like a naughty kid that yeah. wouldn't behave in the ass, or just wouldn't pay attention but i think as i grew older and my mum seeing me mature as a man she realized you wouldn't be a naughty they just couldn't because the thing is anytime my mum came to like parenting them they'd always used to say the same thing they would say when he's when he wants to behave he's switched on and he's the first one putting his hand to plant all the questions but 80 percent of the time he's just you know fucking about all the time so as, as i grew older came to realize the way they teach in a classroom couldn't keep my attention for a full hour yeah it wasn't it wasn't engaging enough so when you've done like when you've done like practical lessons like drama or pe or um like home economic cooking and stuff like i was excelling it i'd love it because i can actually like get up and do stuff with my hands and feet do you know what i mean but then when i gotta sit there for an hour and just listen yeah, to someone talking speaking. at me trying to teach me something it was basically in my head i was bored you don't take anything in yeah and the reason i used to act up is because i was bored and in my head i thought well if i'm bored everyone else is bored so i'm gonna liven up this classroom a little bit and just start doing some funny shit and i I always i used to get kicked out man i didn't get kicked out of school i always got kicked out of class and i always should be standing up it got to the point where um every week i'd have to go to the head teacher's office on a monday she'd give me this like form like a filling sheet and every lesson of every day the teacher had to tick it if yeah. i didn't get kicked out and they had to exit if i got kicked out and then my mum would literally have to come to school once a week to like just fucking yeah, just get an update on everything um yeah i used to have one of them like report cards almost yeah man like, yeah I, I i i think but the thing is i mean like how long ago was that then how old are you i'm 28 now yeah so like say like say like say 15 years ago for give or take or whatever no yeah sort of 14 15 or whatever like then 
like schools have changed a bit now. No, they have. Like they have. I look at the way my kids like changed. My oldest boy's got ADHD, and like he went in year seven into high school with ADHD and was like, "Whoa, this is wild!" Like he was just getting into fights and because it was too much for him. Yeah. Too much going on, like, and he just yeah. couldn't get his head around it. And then he done his G. By the time he did his GCSEs, he got like A stars and whatever. He done really well. Yeah. But it's because he had the support there and they realize i think now that not all kids another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Able to just sit there and listen to someone else talking for an hour. And some kids need to learn in a different way. Some people need to learn in a different way. Well, they do. And like I talk, when I talk to like football managers and coaches a lot, like I, we talk about like you got a squad of, 20 players mm. or you've got a class of 30 kids or whatever like the chances that all those people will all take in information the same way is slim to none then you add in it's all the individual one. like personalities and you know 100%. things going on outside of school like parents breaking up or you know whatever like there's all you know life in it like kids need guidance and help and you know you've got to have structure in school i get that but like they also need like support and a bit of difference in the way they're learning and yeah. like when i was younger it's like basically in a similar thing to you like i used to just fuck about all the time and then because they would just kick me out of the class for me it progressed to like oh i'm just not going to bother going to this lesson because i know i'm going to get kicked out of it so I'll just bunk off and I'll go yeah. down the woods and smoke and whatever just because it was time. like I felt like it was just wasting everybody's time. Yeah. Yeah. But, so how did you feel about being split from your twin then? Because that must have been like a weird thing to have been together for X amount of time constantly and then suddenly it's like different classes. Um we just naturally got used to it. At first we would meet up every lunch break yeah so it was actually kind of a good thing then because it actually made it accidentally made quite a wide group of friends because obviously mm. i made my friends he made his friends and then it just so happened that some of the people in his class were people i got a lot because obviously you know kids come from the same primary school and yeah. high school like a certain amount of them all anyway. mix up don't they? yeah so like people you didn't really speak to in primary school you start really fucking with in high school, do you mean? And mm. vice versa. Um, but yeah, at the start, we would like meet up every lunch or break time and just hang out. And obviously, his friends and my friends got to know each other. But then it got to a point that after a certain while, like, because I, I don't know what his friends wanted to do. I think they just wanted to sit around and talk at lunch break. But for me, I was with the boys that if they weren't fucking about, they just wanted to play football. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, stuff, yeah. So like, you know, you know, I think back then, I don't know what it's like in schools nowadays, but back when I was in school, you'd have like a couple like fifteen minute breaks in between class, and you'd have like the big hour long lunch in it. Yeah. So obviously, like fifteen minute breaks, you'd have a quick little kick about, but then like 
hours. Like yeah, hours. Like a good proper game. Yeah, like, you know, proper kick about that. Um, so yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I weren't really into football like that growing up. I'm a bit more into it now as an adult. Um, but yeah, I just, I just did because just that's who what my friends were doing. That's just what I did. Just really. kind of did it as well. Yeah, like. I ended up being quite a mean defender to be honest with you. Yeah, we did a couple five sides. Nothing too major, but just like. Because like the, I I went to Woodchurch High School, mm. um, and like halfway through there, they built um, a five aside. Uh, like the yeah, the, it was like right next to the school. The power league. Yeah, thing. yeah, it was a power league. Yeah, it was a yeah. power league. So we literally just there like all the time, basically. Even after school, we just go after school, and then we just thought, oh well, we got some tournaments going. Let's just do it for a laugh, innit? And then yeah, yeah. But it, again, that was just I really only did it like I'm not going to be one of these guys that says oh yeah I could have had a career yeah. in football but I got an injury yeah but no nah, it weren't that too serious for me I just did it because that's what my friends were doing yeah. but then I think when it got to sixth form I naturally started because I, I said I was hanging around with the naughty kids it was a mix it was like the naughty boys and the boys that play football basically so the kids that were actually like in my actual class were the guys who like playing football but then the guys I really enjoyed hanging out with were the guys I like fucking about because I like fucking yeah. about in it. So, um, but then when it got to like sixth form, um, it wasn't really football for me, man. It was more just like any other teenage boy just partying. Yeah, yeah. Fucked up all the time. Do you know what I mean? Just smoking and drinking. Yeah, and man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean for me mostly it was uh, it was just like I smoked weed before smoking cigarettes. Yeah. weird that because you, you get a lot of people they start smoking cigarettes at young and then they go on to weed mm. but like I was never really into like put it this way when my mates used to hide behind the blooming sports hall yeah, to yeah. smoke cigarettes I would just hang out with them but I wouldn't do it yeah. do you know what I mean because at, at that age I was like you gain nothing from it because at that point I already watched enough movies and TV shows to know that like alcohol would do, some, do something to you um, I was like a pub kid. I I, I didn't grow up in pubs, but like you go to the pubs. With yeah, your and yeah. Do you know what I mean? So in like, just be there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I was kind of a pub kid. So I already computed that alcohol is quite a nice thing. And then I watched a couple movies enough to understand that it's this thing called weed. Yeah. And if you smoke weed, it does something to you. So when I used to watch people smoke cigarettes. I used to think, well, why are you do? You, you mm. don't get anything from. I, I even she said, oh, the cigarettes get you high, and they're like, no. Nah. I was like, why are you smoking yeah. it? It's a waste of your time. Um, but I was more into the weed first of all. Yeah, I know. Um, like one of the boys who used to hang around with one of my mates. Like he, um, he never used to smoke cigarettes at all. Like he only used to smoke weed. Yeah. And like for me, like I've smoked since I was about fourteen. Yeah. And like the one thing I say to my kids all the time is like. I know you're gonna do certain things as you get older and that, but just don't smoke cigarettes. Like, just don't. Like, yeah. Because if I could turn back the clock, like that's the one thing I would never do is start smoking. Same. Because Same. my problem is, like, people say to me, like, "Oh, why don't you give up? If you, you know, you know, you wish you hadn't smoked. Why don't you give up?" And I'm like, "Well, one, I think it would do fucking more damage to me to give up than it would not give up at this point. Yeah. But also, like, I still I love smoking." Like I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh yeah, I want, I would wish I hadn't started smoking because, like, I love it. I love <coughs> smoking cigarettes, like. Same. And it's Same. like it's it, it's it's bad you're to never say. Never gonna give up. No. If you've got that mindset, but like, in I say to my missus all the time, like, until I get to a point where I'm like, right, 
I want to give up. Otherwise, the reason I've never succeeded is because the only the longest I went was about a year when she was pregnant with our first kid. But um, obviously, she wasn't pregnant for the whole year. But like, yeah. I gave up when we found out she was pregnant, yeah. and I carried on until he was about probably three months, four months, or whatever. Yeah. And then I just slept back. But like, that was and every day, every, every other time I've tried to give up smoking is because there's been some sort of pressure from maybe her, not intentionally, but like she might be money, it might be health, whatever. It's like, you need to stop smoking. Yeah. My doctors tell me all the time that I shouldn't smoke. But like, until I say, I am gonna give up smoking, it's, I, it's no point because I, it won't work. I, th- I think the thing about cigarettes, yeah, because, yeah, so like, I, I as an example, I, I started smoking weed when I was, I think, like 15. Mm. And I I smoked weed from fifteen to I literally gave up like two years ago. Yeah. Basically. So close to ten years I smoked weed. And the only reason I gave up weed is because it got to the point that physically let's put it this way, when I used to smoke weed, when I was actually high, I was stupid. Mm. So you could not get a conversation out of me for everything. Like you would yeah. like I'd be just there like like you ask me anything I wouldn't be able to if you ask me my name I wouldn't be able to tell you my name because I was that stupid but then when I woke up the next day some people call it a chung over or like a whatever the next day I'd be so moody and I'd be so miserable just because my head was fried from smoking so much the night before Um, and it got to the point that like it was affecting me and work because like at the time um, I used to work in JD, and I think anyone who I worked with in shout out everyone who I worked with in JD, sorry. Um, yeah, I was just a moody fucker because I because I was on a delivery shift, and I'd start like seven o'clock every morning. So imagine I'm out till like maybe like one or two o'clock in the night yeah. smoking because my mum didn't know about it, and sh- my mum, to her credit, she wasn't the type of if you're gonna do it I'd rather you do it in the house where you're safe mm. she didn't disapprove of it but I knew she wouldn't like it yeah so yeah. I, I kept it from her as long as I could in it so that means like every night after work I have to um, like go to a mate's house yeah go to a mate's yeah. house or drive around just like smoking weed so like I do that for, like two o'clock in the morning and I have to get up at like six o'clock the next day to get into work for seven Take that with you, and I was bro I was just so fucking miserable and moody man and it got to the point that I had to stop because it was actually like detrimenting me as a person because yeah. it got to a point that like I wasn't just myself naturally mm. I was either a stupid high idiot or a really moody cranky person that's not fun to be around and it got to a point I didn't want to be either of those people anymore mm. so that's why quitting weed was easy the reason do, I do you, um, do you notice a difference like straight away yeah 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 funny enough the, the things you think you me me personally I, i'm gonna just say myself i don't want to generalize it but the things i thought i was smoking weed for i got after not smoking weed like yeah. i used to think oh i need to smoke weed to sleep but as soon as i quit weed I, I slept way better than i ever did um i used to think um smoking weed would like deal with trauma and things that I'm going through but then you learn to deal with it naturally healthily as a, like actually because it would just it would 
block it out. It would block it out. You wouldn't actually be thinking about it. Yeah. So, but then when when I gave up weed, I learned to just face those things head on, basically. Um, and I found I developed much more as a person. Yeah. But then, but then back to the original point, the reason I quit weed is because of X, Y, and Z. Those reasons. The reason I can't quit cigarettes is because cigarettes, like I said a couple of minutes ago, it doesn't do anything to you. It doesn't get you high or anything. So because it, yeah, because because there's no actual difference to yourself as a person before and after smoking a cigarette. You don't really have as much of an incentive to give it up. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. because it's because don't get me wrong, I'm like I'm terrible, bro. Like my breakfast every morning is a cup of tea and a cigarette. Yeah, same, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I I feel like I can't function with that. Way. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like when I speak to people and they say, "Oh, I don't really drink coffee in the morning," I'm like, "How? How would you do it? Yeah, yeah. That's alien to me, man." And you know, it, I'm the first if I get even the littlest bit stressed or anything i just smoke a cigarette yeah, and sort me out that. you it's 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 hard man because you can because you can smoke cigarettes like to de-stress you can do it in a social thing like if you're out on the lash and you're getting a bit fucking fucked up for the night obviously a couple of, like an hour in when you've had a couple of drinks you're gonna want a cigarette yeah. do you know what i mean or like say you're at a rave and the rave is fucking boiling and you just yeah. need five minutes you've got to side for a fact the good thing is the other thing as well yeah is we use like a night hour as an example. The smoker section is most of the time the best place to be. Yeah. Because where everyone else is, do you know what I mean? Well, especially if you go to like, um, like if you go drinking like in town, for instance. Yeah. So you're not like necessarily like going out clubbing or you go into like a rave or you go and see someone play music or whatever, particularly. The music's so loud. But if you're sat at the table, you can't speak to the people you're with anyway. No, they exactly. Can't fucking hear you. No, exactly. So then you go out for a cigarette because it's hot or you could whatever. And then the music's still there, but it's like just the kind of background noise, isn't it? And yeah. then all the people who are out there, you just end up speaking to them, and you'll have a much better time yeah. than sat around the table. But the music's and don't get me wrong, like you want music and stuff, but I'm just on about like if you're in a group of people sat at the table on the social side, and yeah, of things. and you want to just have a chat before you go and see some someone play music or before you go and yeah. have a dance or whatever, like. You want to have a chat, don't you? And you mm. want to have a laugh, and you can't because you can't no, eat. No, But it's weird, right? Because um, I smoked fucking both loads of weed as like a young. You do man. though, don't like, you? Yeah, you like do, from like do. I reckon like fourteen to probably my early twenties. I just that's all I did. But then I, for me, there was a couple of things which kind of set me away from it. Was when I started drinking. Mm. My old man died, which meant I drank more, yeah. and I had a bit of a drink problem, which I talked about before anyway. But like, but then, oh yeah, also I had a bad mushroom trip, which led oh, yeah. me to have like um, every time I smoked weed after that, because I had I had a really bad one where I got lost up the gaff literally. Oh, First that. time I take the mushrooms, I was just lost up the gaff on my own with me and my mate. Like it was stress, mate. Yeah, and then. Um, and then, because I'd had such a bad time being a kid, um, about a month or two later, my mates and Abby Dorf kind of talked about it and said, oh, I'll do it again. We'll do it in like the house and we'll, you know, so I could, in, I, I could have a, a better time. Mm. Basically, the, the thought was to try and repair that thing. Yeah. In a, but in a, you're looking at it as from a kid's point of view or a teenager's mm. point of view. Obviously, we, as adults, we can look around. It's not going to work. No. And it didn't. 
uh, whatsoever. Like it got to the point where I thought like my mates who were like my closest mates who had got me through my old man dying. So like, you know, they were like your ride or die mates. Yeah. I thought they'd spike my mushrooms and all the rest of it. So like after yeah. that, never ever done mushrooms again. But it leaked over into every time I smoked weed, I'd get really fucking like just paranoid as fuck. Like, and I just yeah. was like, so I, you know, being a teenager, I kept smoking it. Yeah. That's what we did. But like, I think probably about a year after that, I was just like, do you know what? Like, I'm just doing this and it's not, it's not doing anything. It's like, I'm doing it because it's what we do. Yeah. It's just making me feel like fucking shit. It's making me not trust people. It's yeah. making me, and I just was like, oh, fuck this. And I just kind of binned it off. Yeah. That's, then, the, that's the point I got to, to be honest with you, because weed, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one with weed because you, you get some people that, I find it a really interesting conversation about it because so people need so certain people need weed more than other people do. Mm. Some some people say I think some people deal with it differently as well. Yeah, right? like some affects them differently to other people. Yeah, some people can have quite a healthy relationship with it. Um, you get you know I I know people who have got like you know ADHD as an adult yeah. or you know stuff like that and they're not. They're not rolling fucking fat heads. Mm. They're just rolling just like a little one at the end of the night just to tie themselves over. In in those because at the end of the day, weed is medicinal to a certain degree. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff in the UK isn't. It's fucking washed with shit nowadays. So UK weed, I wouldn't say it's medicinal, but weed as a whole is supposed to be medicinal to a certain degree. So I feel like it helps certain people if they need it for that but then you've got other people like myself which i found personally i didn't need weed i just really liked it yeah and then it got to the point that like you said it just got to a point it wasn't doing anything for any anymore because when i first started smoking it you know i would i would get what you would see in the movies like mm, yeah. like all that shit but then it got to a point that like i'd smoke a spliff and i wouldn't be i wouldn't even feel high yeah, yeah. It got to the point like I, I um, a few years ago I worked in a, do you know Memory Lane cake factory? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm allowed to say it's not because I don't work there anymore. Um, it got to the basically I was doing like twelve hour shifts four days in a row, so six a.m. to six p.m. And it got to the point where like I had to smoke a spliff before going into work just to get me through the day. Yeah. And it got to the point it was like well if I've got if I need to smoke weed just to get through a day's work, I've got a problem there. Yeah, Do you know what I mean it's not I normal. It's yeah. not normal, man. I am um, on the medicinal thing. Um, so I smoke now. I smoke CBD stuff now. I do. Yeah, I do like the CBD and, um, stuff because I, 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 I um, when I like when I was younger and I, when I used to smoke weed, I liked smoking weed, but I didn't like how it made me feel. Yeah. So yeah. when um, I had my car accident in two thousand and eight and. It's a very, very long story, but basically they fucked up my diagnosis, mm. which left me with permanent damage and permanent pain. Mm. And like, so I have to take like um, opioid painkillers just to be able to get out of bed. Mm. But I needed something to help me sleep. I needed something extra. So I actually, about four years ago, maybe said to my son, I'm going to buy some weed like, and just see if now I'm an adult, like maybe it's, you know, I'm kind of past the paranoia and the past the thing. Mm. and it might help me with my pain mm. help me sleep the rest of it so i bought a bit of weed smoked it made and i'm sat in the like i'm smoked a spliff 
like night time or whatever, thinking, you know, I'll be able to go to sleep and whatever, chill out with the dentist. Mm. So I smoked it, gone back inside, and we're watching, me and my missus are watching, like, whatever, a TV programme, yeah. which we'd always do in the evening once the kids are sorted. And I'm, like, even getting paranoid with her, and, like, anyone who's seen any of my shows know knows, like, how highly I think of her. She's, yeah. like, the most loyal person in the world. Mm. Like, and, um, like, I was just like, yeah, fuck that, ain't it? Like, and I, that was it. Like, that was enough for me because I was yeah. like, if that makes you feel like that with the one person in the world who you trust, well, well, you know, 100%, yeah. then it's just not for you. Like, and I, you know, look, it affects everyone differently. I get that. And some people can manage it better. I, it's just one for me, like, for whatever yeah. reason. I'd, I'd never knock it. I'd never knock weed. No. I'd never knock it. But the CBD stuff, mate, is... Um, I can't recommend it enough like in terms of if you've got problems with like anxiety yeah. or insomnia yeah. pain anything like that you don't have to smoke it like I smoke it now because I like smoking it yeah. but like I s- started off using creams and yeah. um, like the oil um, just put like oil on your tongue or whatever and, yeah. and like it don't get you high or nothing like that no it doesn't it just but well, like it, it does what it's medicinally yeah. supposed to do Exactly. That I makes. I like the CBD because you know you get the actual, you can get the actual like CBD weed. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah, I got that. It. That's what. Solid. And yeah. Lemon. What have I got at the minute? AK forty-seven. You still get it. Still flavors. Yeah, it's, it's just not. It don't get you ones. high. I, I I found that helped me quit more because it's similar to what you, you just said. The habit. Yeah. So the, my favorite part, my favorite part of when I was a stoner, was actually like making the split and rolling it and then the actual smoking it was fun but then as soon as i finished it the being high bit was like my least favorite part of it so it's mad though yeah it's it's mad i just like i it got to a point i realized i like the routine of it Mm. do you mean like especially if you have a long day in work you know you you look forward to just getting home just fucking setting it up rolling it and lighting it um but i like the cbd because you could still have that yeah and then it, it almost took away my least favorite part of smoking weed but then kept my favorite bits do you know what i mean yeah and obviously it's a placebo at the end of the day because like i don't know it might just been the cbd i was getting at the time i haven't touched it in ages to be honest with you because i just weaned off it Mm. but at the time when i was smoking it i was like is he sure there's not fucking thc in this because i'm feeling fucking mashup like yeah you like at the time when you're smoking it you think you're getting fucked up but as soon as you finish you're like Oh no, actually no, I'm alright. Yeah, I'm alright. Right. When it's that feeling it, when you're sitting like with smoke a spliff, and you just smoke it, you're enjoying it, relax, and then you get up and you're like, oh, I could say fucking, I'm keen as fuck now. Yeah, like, man. But you don't get that obviously. But like I say, like for me, it helps me sleep. Like so, yeah, that's important for me because I was having such problems sleeping. Yeah, like I went through a period I think where over like two weeks I'd had like five hours, six hours sleep, like at the most throughout the whole sort of 10 days or so. Yeah. And I was just like, if I keep doing this, I'm just gonna fucking, because you get the more, the every day you, if you, I don't know if you've ever had like proper insomnia, but every day you go by on like an hour's sleep or whatever. Yeah. It just gets the, you get more anxious, you're shaking and that, and you just, you become like, fr- your body becomes, um, it's like it ages, like super quick, you become yeah, frail, like, and you can't think straight, and it's, it's like fucking idiot. It's mad what, um, it's mad what lack of sleep can really do to mm. the body. 
very very physical as well as mental because obviously if you not mm-hmm. get enough sleep it fries your brain yeah, yeah. it's fried do you know what I mean but like physically lack of sleep can damage your body so much it happens quick I'd be surprised how, like you know um, like you hear like um, stories don't you and urban myths about um, I've seen them on YouTube before like the sleep experiments and people who haven't slept for like oh this person didn't sleep for a week and then they just died or whatever yeah. you know or just shit like what you hear I, over I can't years. remember they would uh, they um there was just, I can't remember what country it was but it was a country that used it as a form of torture so a sleep deprivation yeah, yeah so like they, they, they would time, wait until like you're literally just about to sleep and then they wake you up yeah again. and they like play really loud music yeah and they just keep waiting until you're about to doze off and they'd have you up for days man but like yeah they'd like they wouldn't play the music consistently loud like all the time yeah it would just be to wake you up and then they'd stop it and it's like fry your brain like big time yeah um, when did you come like interest when was your interest in music and Um, in terms of actually enjoying, like, like, like everyone, I I grew up listening because I I think it's funny. I think every artist or rapper or someone who does music, when this question comes up, they say the same thing. Oh well, my parents were just playing music, and then so basically, my mum um always played a lot of like Duran Duran and Roxy music. Classic. So like that's the music I grew up on, basically. Um. And then, basically, growing up, I was more of an actor than a musician. Yeah, I thought drama. Yeah, I thought acting was going to be my thing, basically. But I think. Would you still do it now if someone offered you the opportunity? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't get me wrong. I I I done a couple like stage shows. Yeah. And um, I was in college for at one point, and I was like, I wasn't on an agency, but like I was on this. like w- I was doing college, and then on the weekends I was doing like a weekend course ran by an acting agency. Yeah, and the idea was like eventually they would get me on the books to find me work. Yeah. Um, but at that same time, I also discovered like rap music and mm. grime. Grime especially grime is what really made me want to start doing music. But basically, what happened is I think I was on the way to an audition once, and. For a laugh, I just thought, oh, well, because I, I think I had some time to wait, basically. Mm. I had some time to wait for my audition, basically. So I thought, oh, just for a joke, I'm just going to um, write a rap just to kill time. Yeah. And I think I showed my brother it, and he was like, oh, actually, that's, that's quite yeah, good, actually. Good, like, Obviously, it was shit. Like, no one's first rap is going to be, like, the best thing they've yeah, ever written. But, like, for a first attempt, it weren't half bad, like. And then obviously this is around the same age that me and my brother were still like that mm. do you know what I mean so me and him both picked it up basically so do you remember LimeWire back in the day yeah yeah so Lime. so obviously this is before st- streaming is a whole mad thing but yeah. we can come to that in a minute basically before streaming you actually had to go to a shop and physically buy your music yeah. on a CD go to Spiller's Records yeah or something. but then LimeWire came about and then LimeWire you could literally just search up the song you wanted and it's yours mm. but then what my brother and me used to do is we used to if we liked the song if we seen a show on the tv and we really liked it we would go online and try to find the instrumental and then we'd write our own version to that song okay and that just used to be what like siblings or twins or whatever they usually 
have something they can have in common and yeah, enjoy yeah. with each other. With me and my brother, that was writing. And like, yeah. it was never like a serious thing at the time. Like, we never shown anyone. We never, like, obviously. Yeah, we, and you loved yeah, them, we, like, we shown our mum one or two things because mm. obviously my mum was quite supportive of it. She was like, oh, go on, show us your new rap then. Do yeah. And we were like, oh, mum, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, it was just what me and my brother done for fun. And then my brother, he went down the psychology route. So he's training to be a clinical, I, I'm sure he, he'd be happy me saying this. Mm. He's training to be a clinical psychologist at the moment. So like he's doing, I think he's done his masters. He's yeah. working for Starting the NHS. That and he's like, group, like that's that was his. Like I always, I always joke to people like he got the brains and I got the looks basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went down the very academic route, and I started doing the acting thing, and something there was one pivotal moment. I remember I was in a class or something. It was either in college or in the weekend thing I was doing. And at this moment, I'm doing acting and kind of writing music at the same time. At this point, I've started, sh- I haven't recorded anything, but I've started showing people that I do it. So they know I do it. It's not like a serious thing, but I do it. Yeah. So I remember I was in class one day and um, I remember the teacher or coach was explaining how the business is going to work in terms of acting. And they basically said, you could be, I, this may not have been exactly how they said it, but this is how I yeah. absorbed the information. They said, you can be the best actor you can possibly be, but you need to wait until there's something that has a character that you fit the description of, basically. Mm. So I could. So what I took from that is I could be, the term they used is time in the sun. Okay. So the way they explained it is, there may be a couple of years where you might have to get a job as a waiter or another part-time job to tie yourself over and you may get loads of auditions you may not get something for a long time but eventually you will get your time in the sun mm. but then what i took from that is right so i've now got to spend my life perfecting my craft well, and also doing and just and just wait and just wait yeah. to get my chance so then i i I, I went away that day and I was like, right, as much as I do enjoy acting, I need to do something that I'm in more control of. Yeah. I need to be more in control because I can't, I can't just wait for my time in a certain, I need to make my time in a certain. Yeah, yeah. So it got to a point I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm actually just, I might actually just give this music thing a go. Because then I, what I enjoy more about music is, as it like, what I loved about acting is you could just take a role on and make it your own. Yeah. But then as a musician, you can just be you. Obviously, you get some musicians that their thing is like a character or mm. a, a persona or alter ego. But for me personally, um, I never wrote about stuff. Like, I, I've never harmed anyone physically. I've never sold drugs. I've never shot a gun. I'm not um, uh, misogynistic. I'm very respectful of women. So the very typical things rappers would rap about yeah. i couldn't tropes, i couldn't like. yeah i couldn't talk about it so i had no choice to my i i had no choice but to uh, talk about myself personally mm. but just made it make it sound as sick as possible and i took that challenge on you know full force because i was like right if i'm not going to act i'm going to be a rapper and if i'm going to be a rapper i need to find a way to talk about things rappers don't talk about but make it sound as sick 
So my my task was to, I could be in a room with people who were rapping about selling drugs or hurting people or committing yeah. crimes. And then if I come on the mic next and talk about um, just being moody or whatever, I need to make it sound as good as them. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's what that's one thing I learned from grime. So grime when it first started people seen it as probably how people see drill now they see it as the it was this mega violent thing oh no it's just people but what grime is and was but still is it's people venting aggression or frustration frustration it's frustration because this is the reason i love grime so much and i i do love rap and I, I love rap, you know, I, I love rap as much as the next guy. But the reason I prefer grime is because a big culture of grime is getting on a mic, either in front of like other rappers, MCs or on a cr- in front of a crowd. And you've got to like vent your passion, frustration or aggression so much that you get a reload. And a reload is when, like, basically what you're doing is so sick that you have to just fucking yeah, restart the track and go again, basically. So I really related to that because growing up, I had, I, I'm, I'm sure, like most um, teenage boys trying to figure themselves out. I had a lot of frustrations, hard, a lot of, a lot of figuring out to do, basically. Um, yeah, and it, yeah. So I just thought this is going to be the only thing I could really make a career out of. Well, at the same time, having fun doing it and enjoy myself doing it. Do you think that because you um, effectively removed certain tropes from being from your sort of your book or whatever, like your uh, your writing, you removed those tropes of like crime and misogynistic and the rest of it mm. because of you remo- have removed those for the right reasons, by the way. Mm. Do you find that you had to be a bit more clever with your lyrics and, and, and slightly look at it a different way for someone perhaps who was able to use all those tropes, which obviously because no matter how, I always think with any music, lyrically, um, you're always going to be, if you're writing lyrics for a, a rap, a song, whatever it may be, you're always going to take influence from bars or verses that you've heard yeah. throughout your life and elsewhere. It's because that's human nature. Yeah. So if you're as a rapper, you're like, well, I'm not going to rap about this, this, and this, and they're kind of four of the the biggest tropes, if you like, from mm. from grime and from hip hop and and rap and stuff. Does that mean you had to be a bit more clever with your lyrics and how you wrote them? Yes, but only because that's what. Because you wanted to be real to yourself, like yeah, that. and it more so. I think I I, I'm quite glad I absorbed it in the right way. So instead of listening to the, don't get me wrong, like I I, I listen to both sides of rap and grime music. Mm-hmm. I listen to the conscious stuff and the stuff that talks about similar things twice. But don't get me wrong, bro. I'm the if there's a new drill song and they're talking about shooting and certain drugs I'm yeah. the first one to whack it on do you know what I mean but what I what I absorbed from it is I think where some people go wrong when they start rapping is they hear the violence the misogynistic traits and the selling of the, and the crime and they think that's what you've got to talk about and that's what makes us sick but that's not what makes us sick so 
the people, so majority or high percentage of rappers who talk about those things, that's actually their reality. Yeah. Okay. So the reason they can talk about it in such a convicting way, and the reason they can say it in such a good command of words, is because that's actually what they're living. Yeah, it's authentic. So you know, you can't. It'd be very hard to write something that's not real to you in a very clever way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like well, it's like I said to you. Sorry to interrupt you. No, sorry. It's like um, what I said to you outside when we were having a cigarette before we come in was um, very quickly, right? Is whether it's doing podcast, music, whatever, mm. interviews, whatever it may be, radio show, TV. If you're yourself and you're authentic to yourself, people see it and they can relate to it, or yeah. some people will relate to it. Whereas if you are not yourself and you are not authentic, it something doesn't click. And people will see it. Yeah. So I think, like with 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 music, with rapping, with writing, stuff like that. If you're talking about stuff, so say I was to go and write something about Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Crime and shooting people and whatever. Like, people would see through that very quickly because I haven't done they that would. thing. And they they would, would. you would clearly they would. feel it in the words which I would use yeah. you know, or the way I was speaking about it. But it's exactly that. So it, it's, it's the two sides of the coin, really. So you get the people who unfortunately do have to do that mm. um, in their lifestyle, and that's why they can talk about it in such a way that it sounds good because that's actually what they're doing. You've still got to have talent, though, haven't you? You've still got to be no, 100%. To put it but, but then it's, it's like... So uh, back to your original question, yes, I, I did have to try... I did have to try and make my lyrics as clever as possible, but that's only because that's the type of rapper I wanted to be. Yeah. Like, you do get some rappers, and more power to them, because there's a, there's a space for it. You, you do get, you know, rappers where, you know, they like just keeping things simple, um, they just want to say the catchy stuff, mm. they want to, you know, catchy hook on a tune, and they just want it to be like a song that could possibly... You know, do a million streams. Yeah, they wanted to go viral on TikTok. I think. Yeah, but then, then the other side of it is, you know, the the artistry that you actually want to, and I'd I'd like to think that's where I fall in. I I, because personally, I prefer music that's a bit heartfelt. It doesn't have to be sad. It doesn't have to be talking about your hardships. It just has to be honest. And anytime I would buy a rapper's album growing up some of my favorite songs were when they got deep so they'd have majority of the songs where it's like the turn up club song or like this song or that song yeah the singles yeah but then like my favorite songs on the albums were it's like that song like right in the middle when they Mm. just like choose to wear their heart on the sleeve for a couple minutes yeah and that's because that's what i related to basically when i make music i'm just trying to as an as Raz Kid the artist, I'm trying to please Raz Kid the fan. So like I'm I'm a fan of my own I'm a fan of the music I make. Yeah. So anytime I write a new song or make a new song, I like 
I always try to think for myself, right, if I'm a fan of Raz Kid's music, how would I how would I love this song to end up? How would I love it? Because don't get me wrong, I in the past I've I've tried one or two things outside of what I usually do. Because I think as an artist, it's a good thing to do. Even though I would consider myself a grime artist and majority of the music I make is grime, I like to just try something new just to challenge myself and challenge the listener, to be mm. honest with you. Because I feel like if I make the same song, because you get some artists, um, even local ones, or, you know, um, it, it don't matter. You, you get all over the place. You get You get rappers all over the place that just want to make the same song over and over yeah, again because it cause, the same stuff all yeah because it works and to be fair if you can make that same song over mm. and over again and it's a good song it works but i like to challenge myself sometimes so i like to think to, at all times i like to think to myself right if i'm just gonna do what i always do or if i'm gonna do something i haven't done before how would what would a rise kid fan love for me to do yeah because i don't i don't want to put something out like don't get me wrong like the beauty of music is i could release a song i think right this is going to be the next smash hit and it could do a bite and then i could then release a song that i like and i think ah, oh, i'm just going to put it out just because i need to put it out and that'll be the song that connects the most do you know what i mean yeah so i'm always trying to i'm, I'm just trying to i'm always just trying to be exciting I, I, i'd rather i, I don't want to be the artist that as soon as I announce I'm releasing a new song, someone, oh, well, I know what that's going to be like. Mm. I, I want I want to be the art, uh, and it's, it's the long road, because it'd be easy for me to... So a couple of years ago, I released a song called Life is Strange, and arguably it's my most successful song, because it got the most streams and the most views and the most radio play, whatever. Mm. If I really wanted to... If I wanted to, I could have just made that song over again 20 times, and then I'd probably be further in my career right now but I'd rather the long road and I'd rather be the person that when I say I'm going to release a song the fan is thinking what is he going to do this yeah, time do you know what I mean I much prefer that because as a listener I would rather my favourite artist do that do you know what I mean yeah I do yeah I think um, someone said to me when I first started doing podcasts and I'd done a few and I was struggling a little bit and they said um would you watch the podcast you done last week? Would you watch it? And I was like, yeah, it was really interesting and it was yeah. good. But like, uh, you know, I just started, so it was. I was finding it hard to get it out there to people to see. Like, but I was like, yeah, I would because it was interesting. But then the one I had done the week before, I had said actually I probably wouldn't watch that. It. it was a bit like dull or it was a bit shit, whatever. And he said, well, that's what's the point in that? Like, if you when you whether you're making music or you're doing podcasts or a radio show or whatever like first and foremost you've got to do something that you would find interesting or captivating or whatever like if you can't if you wouldn't be able to even perk your own interest yeah. you're going to find it very difficult to create something that other people are interested in yeah and then that ha that helped me in terms of just believing a bit in myself and thinking right okay I'll just have interesting conversations with interesting people mm. and I wanted to shine a light on like Welsh talent particularly I wanted to speak to fighters and footballers and rappers and all this talent which is because Wales is just like such a small country but the talent pool is vast mate it's crazy like 
the amount of it's um, a small pond for big fish, man. Mate, the amount of rappers, just rappers like and grime artists in Wales, which are not just like you know decent, but are like exceptional. Mm. But like because they're in Wales, it's almost like because it's such a small place and there's so many of them, they don't get the recognition that if you spread them out over England and like Birmingham and Manchester and yeah, London, Liverpool. 100%. They'd all get loads more mm. attention. Yeah, it's, it's this weird thing, but it's almost like because they're all in this small area, it's like they don't get the recognition. I think that um, they deserve. I think that's a that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing and a bad thing. I think it's bad because Wales, as a country, gets overlooked quite a lot. Like, doesn't do you, itself any favors, though, mate. Wales doesn't. No. Just sorry, got to let you carry on no. now. Doesn't do Wales um, as a media and as a country, we don't promote our um, fighters. There's completely the agree with you. some unbelievable MMA and boxers in this country, and yeah. they get no promotion whatsoever. Yeah. Rappers, we don't. When was the last time you heard a Welsh rapper on the on a radio or something? Yeah. Unless it's a specified show, and the one of the rappers maybe knows the the host yeah and he's able to get his new yeah, single no, you're on right. there you're no, like you are right. when do you ever get someone shine a light on it and like this is one of the reasons why i try and get people like yourself and i've had murka john and jay speaks and comedy and people like this because i i, I like that your shit so i'm like right, i want to speak to these yeah. guys and if that means that one person gets to like who didn't know about them before knows about them now mm. then i'm happy like yeah and it's one thing I think Wales does a massive disservice to the the people of the country is they don't shine a light on the talented people that there are enough. I completely agree with you. I think the problem with Wales is the talent is there. The talent, there's no denying the talent is there. Like any any field you, whether it be music or podcasting or art or fashion, anything that's the slightly bit creative Wales 100% has a deep pool of talent in that field but I think the problem is which is back to what you said I think the people in Wales that have the influence and the control over those sort of things they're a bit old-fashioned to be honest with you so something I found is don't get me wrong like Welsh rap and grime the space we're in now in the last two to three years is the healthiest it's ever been. But something that is something that was going on for a long time is, you know, BBC Radio Wells didn't want to know, um, all the the funding organisations didn't want to know, the venues didn't want to know, any 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 aspect in Wales that could have helped propel a musician's career. They just didn't give a fuck about rap, bro. They yeah. didn't give a fuck about grime. If you weren't, if you didn't have a fucking swish flick fringe and a guitar, <laughs> do you mean they didn't want to know, bro? But yeah. that's because, like, because, and I, 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 I do want to say it's old fashioned because it is old fashioned. I mean, yeah, they just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, and now um, Alicia Scott, she's now got a show on BBC Radio Wales, so that's progress. Mm. But she's an Adam Walton. Fair play to Adam Walton. He does yeah, play. Few, he plays some songs. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But you know, when they book festivals, you know, like you know, Soon Festival or Hub Festival or like just a local Cardiff or Welsh festival, you'll see rappers there. 
you've got Falkers, Wales and Wrexham, you'll see Rapid there. In the last couple of years, it has improved, but there's no denying that before the last two to three years, they didn't give a fuck and they yeah, didn't want to know. Yeah. And I, I think it's slowly something that's getting better, but I think it's only going to get better if more people from our worlds who really get it get a seat at the table because we can work as hard as we want to do to get noticed but then if you haven't got people in the board meeting that are actually like repping it yeah then it's only going to go so far i mean because what's going to happen is we're all just going to go over to england and just start from scratch in england and then get noticed in england and make a name for ourselves there and then they're going to be like Oh yeah, yeah, Welsh talent. Yeah, we, yeah. we always believed in you. No, we fucking did it, man. Yeah. But again, I'm I'm not gonna. Go, I'm just saying how it's been for the it's last. It's been better. Yeah, it, recently. But like you're right, and I also think Wrexham has been ahead of the curve a little bit. Yeah, He's supporting hip hop like um yeah uh, larynx and that. Yeah, shout out larynx entertainment every single fucking time, man. Every single fucking time. Shout out larynx entertainment, man. They they shining a light on Welsh talent. Yeah, I, what it's about. What, isn't it? what larynx is doing is very important because I think one of the main reasons Grime got big in London is because you had um, Grime Daily, yeah, which is now GRM Daily, but back in the day it was Grime Daily. And what Grime Daily necessarily was, was a hub that you could go on there every day and you could see what new music is released. And that's why Lang's Entertainment is so crucial and they they got a good following anyway but i think the i think when people who are in control of radio or funding or you know anything to do with progressing rappers careers i do think they need to go to people like you know dave from lance entertainment yeah, because yeah. like credit to dave acton yeah he just like i i think i've got a good idea on what's happening in wales yeah mm. but he he discovers people i've never heard of before yeah. on a daily basis like every time they do a rundown of what music's released in wales i'm like a fair play i don't even know half these people but that's a good thing yeah that's a good thing man um but i think i think one i think one of the things that's helped a lot is the quality has improved in welsh rap over the years because there's more studios around now. Yeah, well, and I make, and we're, um, we're taking so. it more seriously now because I I think I've been doing this now maybe five years, maybe five plus years. Mm. When I first started, all you had to do to be a rapper was put a song on SoundCloud and mm. do a post on Facebook and tag like a hundred of your friends in the post and they all share it and that's how you become a rapper. Mm. Whereas now, you you need to get your tune mastered professionally. You need to have a music video. You need to have a cyclic release plan. You need to get it on Spotify and Apple Music and all the other streaming sites. You need to have a plan you of need, how you're going to Yeah, you, you like, I think, again, like I said, the, the position of Welsh rap and crime has been the healthiest it's ever had been in the last two to three years. I think part of it is because we now treat it as a business and yeah. we understand, right. Professionalised it. Yeah, we've professionalised it. So I think that's one of the main reasons all the institutions and organizations i mentioned before now they're starting to get involved a little bit more um and again you know a couple of minutes ago i may sound like i was complaining but it it, it to accredit them like they're all they are now involved and that's the most important thing they are now involved and i just feel like welsh rap and grime is, is just going to keep getting better man it's just going to keep getting bigger it's going to keep improving you've already got people like 
Nice and Local and Merkage, um, who are getting attention from yeah, the other side of the bridge. Do you know what I mean? And that's what we need. And that's what that's how it was always going to happen. Basically, it was always going to be, you know, those artists. I say those artists. We as a collective, you know, all of us in terms of Welsh artists that do rap and grind music, we had to go over to the other side and introduce ourselves to the other side first. And you know, because yeah, it's it's just like you said earlier. You know, it's the, hard, isn't it? the talent put the talent pool is there, but we just get overlooked. So we so we have to go over to the other side of the UK to get noticed first, just so everyone else here can be like oh he's actually doing mm. something now we have to pay attention and support him but it'd be nice I mean? if the welsh radio stations the welsh media you know digital media doesn't even have to be radio stations like digital media paid more attention to welsh talent whether it's fighters or rappers or whatever like and that's my aim with this series is like speak to all these different people mm. who are supremely talented and like my mate said oh you should just um he said, "Oh, you should just make an internet radio show. Speak to all like all the various like rappers and musicians and mm. bands who who I know, and say speak to them. See if they'd be happy to you know if they're unsigned and they're just trying to get their music out there. Is speak to them and say, right, I'm doing this internet radio thing. I'm gonna basically turn this series into a show. Yeah, and then it'll be on like I don't know two hours on a Wednesday or something." Um, can I play your music on it and then just do it just do it like a digital thing and di digital radio station but like and my answer was like oh yeah in theory that's a proper idea like yeah but say I did that on a I know like a Wednesday two hours eight till ten mm. and I done that and I got a few different bands and rappers who I rate and and they would be happy for me to play their music on it that's great but you've also got to fill up the other seven days of like your radio, you can't have a radio yeah. station with one show a week, so like, <coughs> and then it becomes problematic because then you're looking at things like funding and Not all the rest of it. Like, but but I just wish that there was um, more out there from a like. It just it doesn't even take that much, like you know, like just BBC Wales. Imagine if BBC Radio Wales right had a Thursday night was like grind night or something yeah and it was just eight till nine just one hour yeah it um, wouldn't and the dj is someone whoever it could be anyone it could be fucking me or you or whatever like and yeah just, and it's just because you don't do a great deal of speaking because you're trying to play the latest play as much music the latest the most talented or so-and-so's got a you know raz kids got a song out this week yeah check it out this is it this I, is I think it wouldn't hurt but then this is this is what i mean i think back to my original point the people in Control the decision. Yeah, the, when yeah. I say they're old fashioned, they're There's old fashioned. Disconnect, isn't it? From yeah, what because they because like they they as much as they are supporting grime and rap to a certain degree, they don't want to put it on. There's their a reason. There's there's, there's a reason. There's not a grime and rap show on BBC Radio Wales. There's a reason that if a rapper wants to get played, they have to go to Adam Walter. Specifically for Wales. Specifically for Wales, they got a sense that Adam Walter hoping he plays it. They got to send it to Alicia Scott, mm. um, hoping she plays it. That that's good. That's good. But then obviously they've got other music to cover in that show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think it comes down to even though they have been supporting us 
for the last couple of years, I think it's going to take maybe one or two or three more years for them to realise, oh, wait, there's actually an audience here. Do you know Can what you I imagine, mean? imagine, mate, if there was like, um, uh, like a, on BBC Radio Wales, there was just every week, once a week, there was like an unsigned hour or something where you had um, just like rappers and grime artists and stuff, which were like self-publicising their music pretty much, and you only played them for like an hour each week. The audience for that would be massive. Yeah. Because there's, because there's so much, like we said at this just now, there's so much talent there. Mm. A lot of them have got, you know, from anything from a decent following to a massive following. <coughs> and if you're featuring those guys and girls every week on a mainstream radio station, people can tune in for it because 100%. they want to hear the latest or you know or you're like you're following they'll be like oh Raz Kid songs being played on yeah. 8 o'clock on whatever Thursday but also then well, we'll check out who else has got some good ones or like you said with Larynx like you'll discover people on there who you've never heard of so they're talented as well exactly it's it's frustrating maybe I, it is. I, I think it, I think they just I, I think it just comes down to they need to I, I think I think the reason they haven't specifically done maybe like a grime or rap show on BBC Radio Wales is because maybe they think oh no one's going to tune into it mm. but obviously because maybe they just check demographics or whatever and they see oh well people who don't listen to that music aren't listening to our radio stations anyway yeah because you're not paying yeah. it do you know what I mean like obviously people flick through the radio all the time like let's put Radio Cardiff I, I admittedly I, I don't know what Cardiff Radio is right now. It's probably it is probably still running, but if I you imagine it's probably pop music and yeah, and so but then if you had a local radio show that was playing local music in terms of rap, people would lock into it. Really. They would listen to it because to say people wouldn't listen to an hour rap and grime show on BBC Radio Wales is to say that people don't listen to rap and grime music in Wales at all. Mm. They do. They yeah, do. Yeah, 100%. Mate. And the, the fact is, with BBC Radio Wales, mate, as well, is right, is, um, like, the only time I listen to Radio Wales at the moment is to listen to probably the Cardiff game. Yeah. Like, their audience, by the very nature of their shows, is quite eclectic because yeah. they have a different stuff on. They don't necessarily play music all the time mm. there's only certain shows and stuff like that so like to say that you couldn't um change the disconnect between the people making the decisions and then the shows that are being put on i think it's possible if you had the right people and maybe like alicia scott and um, adam walton are the people to maybe bridge that gap and be able to bring other people in like don't get me wrong like alicia, alicia scott getting that's a big move yeah, it's a big move, and like more power to her, man. So hopefully, it's more like, power that's to her. Like, yeah, like I'd, I'd like to think so. There. I would like because, like, don't get me wrong, she she does play local rap artists. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to make it sound like she doesn't. She does. Yeah, that, but that, that's, that's a massive mean, it's, change. Isn't it? it's it's a massive thing, and you know, you know, power more power to her because, yeah. And I, I I want to be clear as well. I'm not necessarily slagging off. BBC Radio Wales. No, I say what I'm saying no, is, like, is that Wales as a country yeah, like, I just, should do know, like, a bit more same. to support I, I, I just wanna, Welsh talent. I, I just want to make it clear, like any any establishment or 
station or whatever I've mentioned in this. I'm not I'm not dragging them. I'm not you know slagging them off. Uh, you know what they do. You know as someone who's part of the community, it is much appreciated. But do more. Yeah, it's it's time. No, it is. It is a yeah. like it's a good start. And I don't want to sound like I don't appreciate it, but more needs to be done. I just want the the Welsh talent, whether it's like I say, fighters, musicians, whoever, who are not getting the recognition that they and the we're just we're just as deserve. good as anyone in the UK. Mm. We're just as good as any place in the UK, and it's weird because you know anyone who is outside of Wales when they actually discover it, they're like, "Oh, it's not too bad." This, yeah, of course, it's not too. It's fucking sick. Do you know what I mean? Well, Sam. Just as we kind of wrap up on that, mm. no pun intended. Mm. Um, what's your what's the favorite What's your favorite tune you've made? It's a really good question, actually. Um, what's my favorite tune I've made? Alright, I'll tell you. I'll put it another way. If you could direct the people who watch this now to one, like one tune of yours, and that best sort of shows who you are whether it's lyrically or the beat or like the overall like what would be what would you point them to to say this is where it's good I would say problem child listen to that soon yeah yeah I would say problem child because um, so basically yeah, so I I handle the lyric side of things, mm. and then everything I made or make everything I make in terms of music is produced by Minas. Okay. So Minas, he's a he's an artist in his own right. Yeah. Um, but he's also a producer. He works with other people, um, in Wales and actually in, in England. Actually, mm. he's doing bits in England. Like back to what I said earlier about people going over to their side. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Minus is doing that as well. But like because he's the, it's the production side, it's not like as of right now, it's not like in people's attention. But yeah, like yeah. Minus is doing the work in terms of bridging gaps in people in ways people don't realize. But the reason Problem Child is the song I would direct people to is because I would say in terms of production and content lyric wise, it really does display what Raz Kid is. Yeah. as an artist you know you know i, I don't want to say too i don't wanna describe the song too much because anyone who's listening who hasn't heard it before i'd rather they go listen to it but you know as as an artist i like to think i'm either wearing my heart on my sleeve being an artist but at the same time i am an mc okay mm-hmm. i'm a grime artist but at the same time i'm a grime mc so as well as trying to be as open and honest as i can in my lyrics sometimes i just want to show people I'm the best MC in the country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that song proves that lyrically. And then production-wise, it really shows that fucking Minus is probably the fucking best producer in Wales. Or in I'd even argue one of the top producers in the UK. Because mm. what he does throughout the song 
seamlessly is is unreal. So unreal. So yeah, I I, I would say. Yeah, don't get me wrong. If you want to check out the rest of the music, check out the rest of the music. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. But if I had to, in, if I would say, if you had to point someone, yeah, to if, if if someone had to be introduced to Raz Kid for the first time, um, in a way that would do Raz Kid dash justice, I would say right now, Problem Child. Mm. But then when I start releasing music again next year, it's probably going to be one or two songs I would pick instead. Mm. But right now, in terms of music that's out right now, yeah. I would say Problem Child. What about um? You know, so Raz Kid, the name. Mm. Do you have any names before that? Was it like artist names? Yeah. <laughs> right, Edward, yeah. Edward's yeah. Yeah. So um, my original artist name was Vipe CF14. Okay. Um, Why did you change that? So, me and Minus actually, because I was Vipe CF14 when I started making music and mm. I was just getting beats left, right, and center. And then I met Minus, and then the quality of music got to where it is now as Raz Kids. So it's too slow. Sorry, it's okay. I'm sorry, man. Should just put it on silent. Start to roll, yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, I started off as um Vibe CF14, and I was just like a, you know, finding my feet grime artist basically. But then met Minus, made a few songs with him, and then. The, the quality of music excelled to the point that I had to change the name, yeah. basically, because what I was doing as Vibe CF14, when I was just getting beats from just anyone, compared to what I was doing with Minus, was two completely different worlds mm. of quality of music. So I felt like it, it was natural then to change the name. And basically, my surnames are Rasmus, basically. Right. So the the Rise Kid comes from um, the oldest member. I got quite a big family. A lot of it's in Cardiff. A majority of it is in Chepstow. The oldest member of the family was kind of like the head of the family. Mm. His nickname was Raz. Okay. So he was Raz basically, mm. um, and he he passed a couple of years ago. Rest in peace. And I wanted to carry that name on, but there's only one Raz. Mm-hmm. basically so the Raz kid was kind of just like a homage to carrying my family name in the way that my family know it as yeah but then in my own little way because like if he's because like you know if he's Raz I'm like the younger Raz so I'm Raz kid but I, I put it as one word because I'm not it just I think just think it, I think it looks better because mm. if I was like Raz space kids when I'm like 40 years old, I'm not mm. a kid anymore. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I just put it as one word, so, so then it can like, because I don't like, like that yeah, so it can transcend as I mature as a person and artist, basically. Yeah, cool. I like it, mate. Um, where would you like to be now, like over the next few years? Like, where? What's the plan? Um, just constantly evolve. I'm, I'm, I'm weird as an artist. I, I know. There's a lot of artists that, when they think about where they're gonna be in a couple of years, they think they think, you know, a certain level of success or um, fame or money or whatever. Like I, I really just concentrate on my quality as an artist and the music I produce because I think all that comes with it anyway. I think as long as you put out good music and you consistently evolve and get better as an artist, the 
you know, the fans, the money, the fame, the success that comes with it naturally. So I, you know, I, I firmly believe if you chase something, it runs away from you. So I don't want to chase fame. I don't want to chase success because the more I try to get it, the less likely I'm going to get it. Mm. That's what I personally think anyway. Mm-hmm. In five years time, obviously I want to be more successful than I am right now. And I want to be living off it much more comfortably than I am right now. But in terms of in a couple of years time, I just want to be able to comfortably say that I am a much better artist than I am right now. Because that's all I'm really trying to do. I'm, just evolve, like. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure when I write something new, it's better than the last thing I wrote. Mm. And then just keep going like that, basically. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I don't like spoilers, so I don't like to predict what I'm going to do in five years. Mm. It will all come naturally, and whatever is meant for me is meant for me, but I will influence it as much as I can. But in terms of a couple of years, I just, I just want to be... I just want to be known as the artist that makes really fucking good music and is mm. really unpredictable. I, I, don't, I really want people to just be excited because I'm, I'm not really like a like I, what, the, what the fuck do you get to do now yeah like I, I do social media but I'm not this guy that's on it like every single day do you know I what I mean I hate it I do I, I, you've got to use it haven't you? you yeah you do I think I, I think I'm at that age where I've only my I've only just missed the age group that I've really grasped and understood yeah. it so I just I just want to I just want all I want to do is I want to be that artist that when I go like radio silent for like six months when I come back and say alright I'm ready to release new music the whole world stops Yeah, that's all I want that, that's all I want you know like I said everything else will come with it but I just I just want to be the most exciting artist mm. that's it lovely mate um, final question then um, if there was one artist in Wales that you could work with who would who you haven't already who would it be if there was one artist in Wales I could work with that I haven't already um, a big talent pool to pick from, isn't it? It is, it is. And in terms of rappers, I'm friends with most of the ones I want to work with. So it's, I would say, just trying to think. Um, I really think me and Mace would make a very good song. So I'd like to work with Mace, but that will come when it comes. And Marino, do you know Marino from Swansea? Don't know. Oh, bro, bro, Marino is. Oh, I think I, I do think I've um, yeah. I think I've seen T Rev talk about him. Yeah, Marino, he. I like him some T Rev. Yeah, I do like T T Rev. Is in it? Shout T Rev as well. He's in his own lane. Nah, mate, I love him. Um, I like, I like, I love him as a person as well. He's been yeah, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm admittedly I haven't seen T Rev for a couple of years, but he's a guy I'd hold very close to my heart. Basically, but um, yeah, to answer the question, I reckon me and Mace would make a good song, and I reckon because we make like a nice grime banger, yeah, yeah, you get me, yeah. And I think me and Marino, because Marino he he does do the drill, but he also does that kind of like very different kind of like rap stuff, do you know what I mean? And his pen is, and like Marino's probably got one of the best pens and writing skills in Wales, do you know what I mean? So I, I think he would challenge me mm. lyrically like if, if I, I ever got on a song with Marino it wouldn't be you know another day in the office yeah, like yeah. I would have to just come with my best stuff so yeah I'd say those two level, like. I'd say those two like it 
Yeah. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, really absolute pleasure. Yeah. Nice one, mate. Lovely check stuff. Out um, music, check out all that good stuff. Subscribe to this channel for more uh, more podcasts with uh, various people, whether it's a football show with Rodri Gibbs every Thursday. We've got a boxing show, which is not me. It's uh, Ben Doherty and uh, former championship boxer Michael Ola JD Jr., which is live on Facebook on a Sunday night. Plus, uh, sign up to patreon.com. Three quid or something a month and you get all sorts of uh, various content and rewards and stuff helps keep the channel going nice one guys see you next week sweet Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.